With your latest news, I'm April Cummings. Chief Medical Officer Dr. John Lee reports 333 COVID-19 tests carried out since our last report on Friday. All are negative for COVID-19. The total number of people in isolation, either at a government facility or in their homes, is 233. It is too early to say just yet when we will see a wider scale opening of the borders, which sees September and October as a testing period for the island's systems and processes for preventing local transmission of COVID-19. We are being careful, we're watching, we're being guided by the science and not by public opinion and by experience. Premier the Honorable Alden McLaughlin confirmed last week there will be no cruise ship traffic to Cayman through the end of the year. And limited categories of individuals will be allowed to come to Cayman during the soft reopening in October. We'll see how well the systems work. The, the more confidence that we have that, that people, when they say they're self-isolating, are in fact self-isolating, and we don't have cases of community transmission, the more confidence that gives us to roll the, the, the program out more aggressively. Government set a limit of 800 incoming travelers in October. One of the other big changes, the use of a geo-tracking device during the 14-day quarantine period. We will also be allowing some pre-approved property owners into the country. You know, for the time being, you know, we, we can't go back to what we're used to. The coronavirus pandemic certainly has affected many local businesses and national attractions, including the Cayman Islands National Museum. We reopened with hours from 9 to 3, but, you know, as things have gotten a little bit busier, we've mm. decided to extend our, our hours from 9 to 4, and the gift shop and the entire museum's open. Mm. And it's, it's a little bit different than our normal hours, which are normally 9 to 5, but we're taking an extra hour to um, sanitize and, mm -hmm. and make sure that uh, the building is safe for staff as well as our visitors. But the National Museum's Doss Solomon says the attraction has taken a big hit with regard to numbers. So, so many of our visitors are visitors from overseas. Yeah, that's that's where uh, the majority of our visitors, I'd probably venture to say 95% of our visitors come from overseas. So we don't have them right now. We're doing some some different things to to try to get locals in. We put in we put in some banners outside to try to to, to gain the attention of um, the local people. But you know, one thing we we want to do is we want to invite you know persons that have been already that have heard about the museum to to come in. Going forward on the first Monday of each month, admission will be free for locals. The current featured exhibit is Alvin McLaughlin, Steeped in Tradition. The museum will also be relaunching its popular speaker series in the coming weeks. It is no wonder the museum is feeling the impact. Tourists are estimated to have spent $774 million in Cayman last year. Radio Cayman's Carsley Fuller has more. Last year, the Cayman Islands welcomed 2.3 million visitors, about 1.81 cruise arrivals, and more than half a million stayover tourists. According to the 2019 Compendium of Statistics generated by the Economics and Statistics Office, based on the Department of Tourism's Visitor Exit Survey, the average cruise passenger spent about $94.90 during their stay in Cayman. That's less than their total spend noted in 2016, 2017, and 2018, which ranged between $96.30 up to $98.78. The estimated total spend by cruise ship visitors in 2019, $156 million. Turning to air arrivals, though, that group's estimated spending total was $617 million last year. Since 2016, when the estimated stayover spend was about $430 million for the year, the numbers have continued to increase year over year through 2019. On average, stayover visitors stay for about six days and spend about $202 per night. 
Most stayover guests in 2019 stayed in hotels or guest houses at about 49%, followed by apartments or condos with a 31%. Most were visiting Cayman for the first time, 53%, while 14% had been once before, and more than 28% had visited two or more times. Reporting for Radio Cayman News, I'm Carsley Fuller. In other local news, the Cayman Ministers Association says it believes the rule of law finds its origin from the supreme lawgiver as given in the Bible. In a statement today, the CMA says it remains opposed to the civil partnership law, which it believes contradicts biblical age-old practices. Radio Cayman's John Anglin has more. After legislators failed to pass domestic partnerships into law in Parliament, His Excellency the Governor Martin Roper exercised his reserve powers, passing the civil partnership law. Mr. Roper and the Premier said along with ending discrimination against same-sex couples, the country must follow the rule of law after a court of appeal called for a functional equivalent to marriage for same-sex couples. While acknowledging the Cayman Islands is a democracy and not a theocracy, the CMA says the language in the Constitution and the preamble referring to the Cayman Islands' Christian heritage should be seen as consequential to legislative action and meaningful, not mere window dressing that has nothing more than sentimental value and should therefore influence legislation. The group of ministers add they do not see directing people to follow God's word as being demeaning in either attitude or action, but rather seeking what is for their greatest good. Reporting for Radio Cayman News, I'm Dion Anglin. With all schools back in session, we are seeing an increase in traffic congestion. Minister for Planning and Infrastructure, the Honorable Joey Hughes, says crews were able to get some works done during the lockdown. We have seen some of the lanes have been increased. The east-west arterial on the first leg from the Chrissy Tomlinson roundabout have been increased to three lanes. We will continue, works are continuing to take those three lanes all the way down to, at this stage, the Hurley's roundabout. So works are happening there. The utilities have all been moved, and you will see a lot of work happening on those spaces over the next week or two, taking us six lanes in both directions, or three lanes in both directions, uh, all the way down to the Hurley's roundabout. The Honorable Joey Hughes says they're making tremendous progress on the expansion of the lanes to three from the Hurley's roundabout to King's. Gazette notices have gone out for those properties and work is and the utility companies have already begun to relocate services. He says we'll see some major work in the weeks to come. In the meantime, Minister Hughes says they will also begin construction on the Grand Harbor connector. So we'll be connecting the King's roundabout to Grand Harbor. So that, we anticipate, will help in the evenings in particular for those moving east in the evenings during the 5 o'clock traffic by relieving some of the pressure on that roundabout, having the connection into the Grand Harbor development, which we know and can see has grown tremendously over the last couple of years and continues to grow as far as accommodations. Mr. Hughes says work has also begun on what is the busiest roundabout on island, the Butterfield Roundabout by A.L. Thompson's. The airport connector road. So that will be connecting the CIS roundabout on the Estelle Tibbetts Highway to Sparky Drive. So that is the first phase once we've connected that and then in the future we'll work on taking it from that location, Sparky Drive, through to connect with the airport road by the Georgetown Yacht Club. But our traffic modeling system has told us that the breakthrough from the CIS roundabout to Sparky Drive will alleviate a lot of the pressure on the Butterfield roundabout and, by extension, the North Sound Road, which sees a heavy amount of traffic on a daily basis. Minister Hughes says the NRA is working diligently on infrastructure to relieve some of the traffic congestion. 
we gather to recognize a bright light in what has been a bleak time in our world. The spirit of curiosity, the drive to learn and grow, and the resilience of the human spirit to thrive against all odds. The University College of the Cayman Islands sees 180 students complete the newly launched Technical and Vocational Education Training Program. You are all a testament to the fact that the desire to learn is truly universal, and we applaud and celebrate the example you are for our nation, and that you can become role models for your family and friends. UCCI President and CEO Stacey McAfee speaking there during the TVET Certificate Completion Ceremony last Thursday. Radio Cayman's Shanda Gallego caught up with one of the graduates of the certificate program, Rachel Adun, who completed the computer applications course. So, Rachel, if you can, maybe tell me a little bit about why you decided to get into the program and to do the computer applications course. I decided to take the computer applications um, for the TVET uh, program at UCCI because I know that it's a big help for me, especially that um, I am a Filipino and I cannot work in an office here right away. So I need to like gain more knowledge because I am a nanny here or domestic helper, but I want to mold myself. I want to... I want to know more about, although I know about computer applications because I've worked in in six years in the Philippines, but I also want to experience how it goes or how how to study here in Cayman. And overall, what was your experience like with the teachers and, and, and the students that you worked with? throughout the course it was great it was awesome especially our teacher mr conroy you've learned i've learned we've learned a lot of things from him because uh, i've learned like new technique especially on it i've learned a lot of um, technical terms and the uses of different um, formulas keys everything like it's just basic, but we've learned a lot from him. And it is very, very helpful. So I encourage a lot of uh, not only not only Caymanians, but also like mine, um, non-Caymanians, to please, please come and, and try to study at UCCI, especially the short courses that will suit us. What was your favorite part of the, of the experience? Um, studying the Microsoft Excel, the spreadsheets. Yeah, the spreadsheet. Gotcha. Um, what were some of the challenges you faced? One maybe is the, it's because of the pandemic. Yeah, you know, it's not the normal thing. We are wearing masks while inside the room and it's three hours. So that's the most challenging for all of us but in terms of studying in terms of the lesson itself no we are good Rachel Adun there speaking with Radio Cayman's Shanta Gallego let's check in now with Radio Cayman's Dion Anglin for your latest in local sports the Flowers One Mile Sea Swim is just around the bend. The 28th annual event will take place on October 3rd, 2020 at the Ritz-Carlton Grand Cayman, North Beach. We're super excited. 
excited. You know, it's our 20th year for the Flowers One Mile season. We we sort of originally thought it wasn't going to be able to happen because of COVID. Obviously, because of COVID, we've had a reduced number of swimmers. We have only 200 swimmers, but we're doing our very best to be responsible and ensure that everything is in line with the government regulations. But it's going to be a wonderful, wonderful event. We've already cut off the race because it's such a small scale this year, but it's still going to have all the same fantastic things, the random prizes, the goodies, the treats, um, all of the safety and water safety regulations. And we're very, very excited. Of course, it's going to be more local this year, but I think that's a good thing. While the event will be reduced in scope, Dara Flowers-Burke and her brother Frankie Flowers Jr. feel it's essential to honor what has become a beloved tradition, a society endeavors to create a new normal. When we look at just water safety and also COVID safety, you know, things like we're going to be, you know, pre-making all the food and everything will be now in like individual boxes. You know, the sanitization procedures are a lot different. You know, obviously the officials and everyone will practicing social distancing from our sort of the officiating side. And we're just going to try to do the best we can to be as responsible as we can given the situation. But what won't change is that it is a wonderful family fun event. One in five swimmers will win a random prize. And, you know, we're also going to have like a really nice vibe over at the Coral Beach finish line. We're inviting people to come down to watch the race and to kind of celebrate this milestone being one of the first sporting and community events since the lockdown and since Cayman was declared COVID-free. It's, you know, really exciting to be able to bring the whole community together to support such a worthy cause because that's what Caymanians are about, that's what Caymankind is about, is looking out for each other, looking out for the community and celebrating all the hard work that everyone has done by locking down, by being safe, by social distancing over the last few months. This is our chance to kind of come out and enjoy the fruits of that labor and help others. This year's proceeds will benefit the Big Brothers Big Sisters program and promises to be an exciting family fun event. Any country is only as strong as the children who inherit it. And at this moment, it's really important that we acknowledge, you know, the the thing about COVID that was interesting, I think, is that we saw so many needs exposed in the community, just as a community. We saw that there were kids who, like, you know, again, it might sound simple, but did not have Wi-Fi, did not have access to education because they didn't have Wi-Fi, or there was people who were relying on school for meals, and, you know, there's all these kind of shortcomings, and, and we sort of sit back and go, you know, we can't allow any kids to slip through the cracks in this moment. And what Big Brother Big Sister does is they not only, you know, help out in terms of some physical needs, but also the idea of mentorship, the idea of giving people an outlet to grow and to develop themselves. And I think it's just really a a beautiful initiative, especially in these times. The 3K and 5K events will not take place this year. Anyone currently registered for those events may have their registration rolled over into the 2021 mile swim or over to next year when the 3K and 5K events are scheduled to return. And Cayman Brack saw some exciting football action over the weekend. Cayman men's under-17 national boys team traveled to Cayman Brack for two friendly matches against the Cayman Brack under-18 mixed team on Friday. And on Saturday, the national team faced the Cayman Brack second division team. CIFA president Alfredo Whitaker said though the competition was good, it was a bittersweet celebration for them. We had a happy, sad weekend in the Brack. Regarding football, the team played Friday evening against uh, U18 mix from Kemenbrak. The score was 3-1. And then on Saturday, we played a senior team from Kemenbrak, and that score was 2-1. The boys did well. I would like to thank the people from Kemenbrak, the warm welcome that was given to us, 
and the great treatment towards the team is much, much, much appreciated. Due to the untimely passing of the young Cayman Brack football player Ashley Walton, the Charity Shield games were held on Grand Cayman instead. Sunday evening in Grand Cayman, we had the Charity Shield that initially was programmed for the Brack, but because of obvious reasons, we had to change the first game. The women's game, Elite, Elite Sports Club, defeat Scholars 2-0. So they are the Charity Shield champions this year. And in the second game, Bottentown was defeated by Latinos 1-0. So Latinos is the champions of the Charity Shield this year. Latinos, they won the President Cup. They also won the Charity Shield. So they're finishing the year and... Starting the year on a very high high level is, is good. In the women's charity shield, goal scorers for Elite were Chanel Bennett in the 32nd minute and Chanel Frederick in the 94th minute. For the men's charity shield, Latinos' lone scorer Raul Garcia scored in the 5th minute. Congratulations to the winners, Elite Sports Club women and Latinos Football Club men's teams. That's it for sports for this evening. I'm Dion Anglin. That is your latest local news. From Radio Cayman's Newsroom, I'm April Cummings.